what I want to know is how did Jamie Foxx materialize that fine rubber suit <laughs> out of nothing? Rubber leotard? And why did he choose that? It had lightning bolts on it. I saw that. It had lightning bolts. I mean, somebody his... embroidered that suit for him. Did you notice that his birthday cake that he got himself had lightning bolts it on it? It did have lightning bolts on it. You know what that's called? Foreshadowing. Welcome to the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily. Uh, I'm joined my partner in crime, Bartholomew. What kind of crime is it this week? Oh yeah, I have to give you a crime. Uh, Fernando recommended geographical crime. Geographical crime. So, I like that. It's like you're... Uh, it's Carmen a jur- San Diego. Gerrymandering? Oh, you're Carmen San Diego. That works, too. I was going to say, what, are you redrawing cartography lines and not telling anybody? What makes you think I'm not telling anybody? Well, yeah, I guess it would have to be a crime if you don't tell anybody. I wouldn't be much of a supervillain if I didn't tell anybody. That's true. You'd be secretive. Uh, And, of course, also uh, the dear wife, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Uh, so, we've been taking, we took some time off, actually. Uh, we didn't. Well, (laughs) collectively. Uh, Jamie and I were on vacation. We are, uh, bronzed and relaxed and, uh, you know... It's it's cold here. I have to wear coats again. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I'm going to call you on your bullshit because not two hours ago in the car you were saying, I'm just happy that I don't have to wear a coat. No, now. I know, but the day after I came home from vacation, I had to wear pants and a, and a coat and that that made me... Pants? Sh- pants. I had to wear pants. <laughs> pants and a coat. I had a beautiful and I was... tan and I had to cover it in pants. Like yes. he texted me all angry about the coat and I was like, I am wearing pants. I don't like it. I don't want anything to do with it. For the record, I prefer it when they both wear pants. <laughs> well, no arguing with you there. I mean, like, culottes are all right. <laughs> yeah, okay, so ne- I'm doing the next episode in culottes. Uh, and, audience, you're just going to have to take my word for yeah, it. The problem no. is that I'm the only one who's going to have to see... Well, Jamie, well, <laughs> Jamie will have to see this, but she signed up, so that's <laughs> true. Uh, today we're talking The Amazing Spider-Man Dose. Uh, yeah. su- such such as it is. Uh, now, Bart, you yeah. didn't see Amazing Spider-Man Uno. I've never seen any Amazing Spider-Man of no. any kind. Well, you've seen all the Raimi Spider-Mans. I have. Yeah, you I have. just have not seen this uh, newest iteration. Right. Um. So, uh, let's 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 start with you. Uh, thoughts. All right. Well, the only thing I can do is compare it to the Raimi trilogy. Okay. And, fair enough. Um, I will say this. I think Garfield is a better Spider-Man. Mm. I think he's a very different Peter Parker. Yep. And that's fine with me. I actually prefer this version yeah. to, um, to the Tobey Maguire version. Mainly because I think it's just... I, I think Spider-Man should be kind of pithy. Yeah. And, you know, sarcastic. Yeah, he definitely has that in spades. Uh, uh, Raimi's Spider-Man or Maguire's Spider-Man was always a little more... Oatmeal? Aw, yeah, a little aw shucks, like, nerdy good guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, Garfield's is a lot more quippy. Yeah, which I prefer. Um, as far as the movies go, not so much. I can't argue with that. Um, now, you have probably, I would say, the benefit, and Jamie, you can back me up here, 
of not having seen the first one. And to be honest, I really don't think you needed to see the first one. I was... That's Did you I ever was... feel lost in any way? Did you ever feel like, oh, I don't? They're talking about things. I don't know what's going on. They um, anticipated that by including plenty of yes, flashbacks I was, and I was... exposition to make sure it was not possible. To yes, be lost. I was wondering whether they were going to do that or not, mm-hmm. and I was looking for it. Um, there were moments, and they were only moments because as soon as I wondered something, they promptly answered it. Like. Why is Dennis Leary here? Yeah, okay, yeah. Like, I was who, gonna say, who, those first couple of scenes must have seemed very odd to you. I was like, who just the, Dennis Leary's just stalking like, around hello. the background. Yeah. <laughs> hello, I'm Dennis Leary. Uh, and he, and actually, so he's playing uh, Captain uh, Stacy, who, yeah. uh, well, he did appear briefly in the third Spider-Man, but, you know, that's a character who had a lot more emphasis in, uh, in the webs Spider-Man and then he did in Raimi's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he ne- wouldn't necessarily have been easily identified or obviously identifiable. No, but it didn't take long. For him to... Yeah. And then they explained it point blank a few minutes later. Yes, so. they did. So it was fine. Um, so no, I was not lost and he made it so that I didn't have to watch the first one, which is fine because I never wanted to watch the first one. Otherwise I would have. Well, and I was going to say it actually feels like that might actually be nice for you. Um, because oh, we've yeah. had this, well, we've had this conversation multiple times about how, about being sick of watching origin stories told over and over again. And that's yep. basically what the first one was, was mostly an origin story. And to be honest, this one still deals a fair amount with his origins oh, to certainly. a certain degree. Um, so this is sort of us like, you know, th- that experience of you just sort of getting to see, oh, this is the new, this is a new v- version of this character. And I know his backstory, you know, Spider-Man's, you know, roughly, I mean, he's bitten by a spider. Now he's Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, there was genetically engineered or radioactive yeah. or who gives a shit. The differences I are, yes, yeah. I don't care. The differences are, are, you know, minor and nothing that, you know, he has his actual web shooters now, yeah. uh, as opposed to Raimi's where it was just genetic Some as part kind of, of him. Weird yeah. Bodily function. function. Yeah. Such as it was. Um, which I'll, you know, look. A lot of Spider-Man fans never got over that. Like well, they took great issue with that and literally never let it go. I never really had a big problem with gross. it. Well, yeah. When you stop and think about it, yes, it's a little. What exactly is he shooting all over New York City? It's yeah, a little. It's kind of. It's a little. Yeah, uncouth. It's a little uncouth. It's, it's certainly something. Actually, speaking of the web shooters, I have a question mm. um, about the first one. Yeah. What. Is the web material? What, what, what is it? Is it explained ever? Oh yeah, yeah. actually he stole something from Oscorp. They yeah, were testing a bunch of stuff, and he just took the cartridges. It's high and... tensile. Is it metal? Uh, I don't think because it, I think it's... it was some sort of high tensile synthetic. Yeah. Thing I can Google. I forget. It real I forget, fast exa- to I forget what exactly, exactly what they, they said it yeah. was. It was something they were. It was in one of their experimental phases, and he just yeah. took it. He just took it. Yeah. When he was yeah. at Oscorp, he's a thief. He just took it. What? He builds the shooters himself, I think, but well, the the actual the webbing, yeah. yeah. Which then also, you know, how is he making? More I was just gonna of it? say, yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say, but then that raises the question: Where is he getting more of it? Is he continually stealing it, or did he figure, like, did he reverse engineer it once he had it? Yeah, I don't know. They n- never really addressed. Okay. Okay. Because um, it certainly conducts electricity. You put, yep, that 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 it does. The biggest problem with Webb's first film is. The script? Well, no. The editing. The editing is a horror show of epic proportions. I've never in my life sat through a movie and just the whole time sat there thinking, 
well, what the fuck happened in this edit room? Like, what? where is that? They left this thread dangling, and what's going on with that? And There's you could no just... You could, <laughs> you could just see, like, the hack jobs on the film. It's like, yeah, I know there was a so, southern scene that was supposed to explain okay. all this that doesn't exist anymore. So this... I, I was thinking about that, too, because I remember you telling me that the editing was a mess on the first one. Yeah. And I don't think it was that great in this one either but it was i'm guessing it was a lot better it was a lot better at the very least i didn't spend half the movie wondering like where all the deleted scenes were that explained all the stuff we were spent all this time like literally you spent like the whole first half of the movie talking you know following one thread and then it just dis-a-fucking-peers and gets replaced for something else and is never spoken of again and there are whole subplots that are sort of introduced and never uh, revisited um, and then come back very... to at the end where it's like you missed the whole middle and you're like what the it's, did it's... they ever release a, a long version with everything no no they, they did not probably do that yeah I don't know I mean like it's I mean even and it's, I mean they did it with this one too the marketing materials I mean they released so much fucking footage mm. um, for both movies uh, in advance and with the first one, it was like there were all of these between the trailers and the TV spots and stuff. Somebody literally edited together like a 20 minute oh, cut see, of yeah. just all of the yeah. material that they had put out for that first movie. And so much of it was not in the first, was not actually in the final movie, huh. which was just bewildering. But one thing that bothers me when they put that much material out is then when you're actually watching the movie and they do stuff like they're trying to almost hide Electro's face for the first few minutes, almost like it's supposed to be this, like, great cool moment when he finally looks up and you yeah. see his whole face for the first time. It's like, I've seen his whole face, like, 35 million times already. It's in every promo. That's yeah. not exciting they to me also, anymore. They also did it several times. Yeah. They hit, they hit his face, and then they revealed his face, and they hit him again. They put yeah. him, like, when he was walking through Times Square, um, and he had his hood up, and we were from behind him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it was like a big reveal, and it's like, how are all these people not seeing his glowing blue face? Yeah. Right. Like, and again, it is Times Square in New York City. There's weird. Lots of there's, there's a lot, lot of, of there's well, there's a lot, lot of weird, shit. weird yeah. shit going on in yeah, Times Square in New true, York City on any given night. Um, well, well, I'll, I'll back you up uh, and your thoughts on uh, on Garfield. Um, it is. Uh, I, I like his. I like his version of Spider Man a lot more. Yes. Um, he he's. He's wisecracking. He's very physical. Um, it, it it's a lot more interesting and compelling on screen. It's more fun. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's just more real. Fun, it's really fun. That's exactly right. Um, his, you know, Peter Peter Parker becomes a little more emo, which is annoying. Yeah, I dislike. That's I, I could have done with a lot less teen angst in this movie. But I feel I like, know it's appropriate. I know it well, is. Well, I was going to say, I, I feel just, like that's them trying to appeal to a younger audience. I know. And I know. Well, but I was going to say, like, if that's your problem, then you really shouldn't watch the first one. Because I was going to say, I feel yeah. like one of the things they did better in this one is the first one, it seemed like they no one before they started production stopped to figure out who they wanted Peter Parker to be. Mm. Especially, like, personality-wise. And you you felt like you got about ten different people. Yeah. Like, in one scene, he's, like, really funny and quippy and sarcastic. In another one, he's, like, really sweet and shy and bubbly. and Or bumbly, rather. And then in another one, he's, like, emo to the point of just, like, dour, like, prickishness. And Ugh. so, on the one hand, I remember, I think I said this to you daily after we first saw it. I was like, on the one hand, that kind of is how teenagers are. Yeah. You know, they Absolutely. are about yeah. ten different people at once. But when you only have a two-hour movie, yeah. it winds up coming across 
horribly uneven to the point that doesn't feel like Garfield's fault. It feels like Mark Webb's fault. Like, Mm. he hadn't, he didn't know who he wanted his character to be, so he wasn't honing Garfield in any particular direction or shaping the performance in any sort of way that had any, you know, whole... Big picture view of it. Yeah, like big picture view of exactly what he wanted him to be. And so instead it was just so scattered and it felt even more disappointing because Garfield's really good in each of those iterations. It's like if you had just picked one, he probably would have given you one really solid performance. This one feels like they finally figured it out a little better. It's Mm -hmm. much more even. He seems like a real person who knows who he is and kind of where he's going, even when he's like, I don't know what to do and, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up, essentially. Like, he's, he's more consistent. It's so much better. The chemistry between him and uh, Gwen Stacy is fantastic. I mean, that's one of the big strengths of both of these movies, movies, is Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are just so great together. Um, No one needs to see three or four. (laughs) You're not wrong. Did I go there faster than you wanted? Uh, Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I mean, look... So obviously these she dies. These podcasts. Yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you. But these these podcasts have always been very spoilery. That's the way it's going to be. Um, but yeah, and it shouldn't be a you know a surprise to anyone who is no, familiar the with the Stacey Gwen Stacy. Yeah, exactly. Gwen Stacy is a character who's famous for dying. You know, like that's that's her shtick. So. Yeah, I don't really know anything about Gwen Stacy. She did not... Well, so she was introduced really late in the Raimi movies and not really used in any meaningful way. Right, but in, um, even in the... In the comics, in the so comics, she was uh, Spider-Man's sort of first... Before Mary Jane? Yeah, exactly. She was okay. his sort of first love, and um, and, and she dies. Um, and my... If I remember this right... Um, so you remember the scene in the first Raimi Spider-Man... Um, yeah, I know where, exactly where, you're going. where Green Goblin is holding Mary Jane in one hand and the bus full of school children in the other, and it's the, the yeah, sadistic yeah, choice, yeah, and you yeah, have to yeah, choose. Yeah. yeah, that's literally how Gwen Stacy dies originally. Is he? Uh, I think it's Green Goblin literally forces him to choose between saving the woman he loves or saving some innocent civilians, and he saves the civilians, and, and Gwen Stacy dies. I think it's interesting they did decide to go down that road because I wonder if part of the reason, you know, people have gone to Mary Jane in terms of, like, the Raimi movies is because nobody wants to do that. You know, no, like, how many, I mean, yes, we had What's-Her-Face in the Batman movies and Nolan's Batman movies because she was made up. But it's like, how many superhero movies have let, like, the superhero's main love interest get murdered on screen by one of the villains? That hasn't really happened. It's such a horrible downer. And so it's just... I don't know. I admire them for going for it. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give them credit for doing it and doing it, doing it sort of right. Um, the I really thought they were gonna hold out for at least one more movie. Especially, well, yeah, because they're so good together. I was gonna say because they're so good together and because they've been so much of the draw yeah. of these movies. Um, and because I didn't know, like, obviously I knew Dane DeHaan was playing Harry Osborn, but I didn't know how much of Green Goblin was actually going to be in this movie, or whether or not they were just introducing Harry Osborn and then they would introduce Green Goblin later, um, in the stories. And so, I really thought they were going to wait until at least three to kill her off. Well, I was going to say, I think the other thing is, you know, I don't think the movie really is very coy about it either. I mean, it, the whole theme, like, the whole running conflict of the movie is losing people you love well yeah and and it's you know the ghost of captain stacy like hanging over him saying like the more you stay with her the more likely she's going to be in danger 
and her saying, this is my choice, and I'm the one as who's choosing. As soon as she said all and, that, I was like, yep, like, you're yep, dying. Yeah. As soon as she was like, this is my choice, don't forget that, this is my choice to be here, I was like... Mm-hmm. But even, like, the beginning, like, the scene outside the Chinese restaurant, outside the dim sum, she says the same thing. It's like, yeah. it's not his choice, this is my choice, and it's like, it's all about choosing to, you know, be where you're gonna be, and to make your, take responsibility for your own choices, and... And, I mean, it was, there was no doubt in my mind from, like, ten minutes into the movie that she was not going to survive, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know, if I can take one step back from the movie, just the whole choice thing bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Because, yes, people have the right to make your own choices. You can do whatever you want, be whatever you want. Doesn't mean it's not a stupid-ass decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just saying. But it doesn't I, make it right. I liked it because I heard... I read an interview with Emma Stone where she referred to Gwen Stacy in the first movie as a damsel in distress and saying that, like, not in a negative way. She wasn't saying, she was just saying, like, oh, I had never played that before, you know, so it was a new kind of role for me. And I remember being kind of frustrated by that because I didn't, I didn't think she was a damsel in distress ever in the first movie, but I do think she was one of those characters who, and this is, I feel like when people try to go away from the damsel in distress thing, because they don't want to be that guy who puts a female character in a movie just to have her be in danger all the time. Right. You get the opposite, which is, like, she still isn't doing anything for herself, you know? Like, her entire purpose is still to drive forward the, you know, male hero's role, and she's just kind of there, but, like, everything she does is in service of that. So, I did kind of like this idea of her being... Because, you know, we all see the scene in the commercial where she wants to go, and he, like, attaches her to the car, and, I love you, don't hate me, bye. That was in all the trailers. So, I like that the resolution of that scene is her cutting herself out and showing up anyway, and being like, stealing a cop car. Yeah, stealing a cop car and showing up anyway, and being like, I'm helping. Like, I don't care what you want. I don't care what your story is. I'm helping. I, but although that's kind of taken apart by the fact that she's all like, I have to be here because I've seen the pro, okay. I've seen the schematics, yeah. right. and I know please. how to oh shut my it off. Dear yeah, and that's then, Jesus. Hold on, I want to say it because it drives me crazy. She, it's presented that Gwen Stacy has the knowledge of how to reboot the entire city grid, and Peter can't possibly do it. She's seen the schematics, which is why she needs to go she's... and she wants to be there. And then when she gets up into the master room, there's literally a giant box that says master Ma- reset button <laughs> yeah it's the exact scene out of out of galaxy quest which we just watched again the other day yeah. push the big blue button really i thought it would be more complicated than that yeah. it's the exact and the dead hand holding the, the key to the lock but it's like yeah why did you put a padlock on your master reset button only <laughs> to have her turn around and see the key right there it's like this whole the whole final act was like a masterpiece of shit of well yes but like of not no suspense like trying to manufacture some suspense like oh my god there's a giant padlock on the button oh there's the key right there oh my god there are two planes about to crash into each other two seconds later power back on divert divert yay Yay. (laughs) I, i actually turned to daily and i said i really thought those planes were gonna hit those play that that was one of the most did shameless. They just, did they just add that shit well, afterwards? I said to Daily, I'm it's, like, yeah, because yeah. I was really worried about those planes I was just yeah. introduced to 80 seconds ago. I was super freaked out about the fate With, of those people. Which nobody, there's nobody on those planes we care about. It's mm-hmm. literally just random civilians. It's it's like somebody. Same. It's like they were watching it and they went, you know what, this we scene need something. needs something else. It needs higher stakes, yeah. immediate stakes and then they that went, we can root for. They went back and they watched Dark Knight and they're like, hey, remember that scene with the two fairies in Dark Knight? Hey, how would we do that with airplanes? Okay, let's talk about no. all the movies that they went back and watched I before think, they I made this movie. I think they just couldn't top Iron Man skydiving spectacular, oh, saving God, 17 yeah, no. people I, in I mean, the air. So it's that's ridiculous. What they no, the whole thing. But no, I mean, maybe they 
did feel that. Maybe they felt like, oh, all we really have in terms of immediate danger is a power outage. Yeah, like, there wasn't... Maybe they felt like there wasn't enough, like... There wasn't enough of a Urgency. clock on it, yeah. which is so they well, literally put a clock on it four and a half minutes. Literally clock a close up of the stopwatch. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean I think I like I, and I a get, product placement. Yeah, I get the I get the uh, intention of, there. Is everyone gonna go buy a Vio? Because I'm really concerned. I know I really want to buy all the Sony things right yeah. now, like and, a Vio, and his camera, particularly Jesus. a Vio, yeah. and a Tag Heuer watch. <laughs> Um, no, I, I I got the sense you know I liked the the intention, which is to try and make the danger you know, bleed throughout the city. That it's not just two guys fighting in a power station that, it like... It was just two guys there's... fighting in a power station. Well, yes, it was. Well, exactly. but there's a hospital who now are on backup generators. Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why they have backup generators. That's an example <laughs> of shit working properly. <laughs> the system worked. Exactly right. Um, Good job, FEMA. Like... <laughs> So okay, well let's so now that we're now that we've delved into the problems <laughs> let's here. Let's move backwards. Um, the so yes the the okay well let's let's start with Electro as a whole. I didn't think they could make movie villains like that anymore. I know, right? I seriously didn't think that in 2014 like, that was allowed. Like, what's the Mr. Freeze pun? He, what's lit- that great Mr. Freeze pun? Everybody, chill. Yes, thank you. That's a lot. There, is, Electro is. I like. just I can't believe I was like. There's no way they're gonna make an electric villain by electrocuting him and with then make, electric eels, with electric, No, well, first he got shot by the thing, and then he's gonna fall into a vat. He's gonna fall into eels. a. He was a combination of all the Batman villains getting created at the same time. Yeah, that's true. He he was bitten by things. He fell into a vat. He got uh, for, like he was exposed to the elemental thing that yep. made him the elemental thing that he became. Like, Absolutely, all of them. Yeah, it's just nonsense. I just and. Electro was like the biggest personification of this, but I mean, this went throughout the entire. Oh, and the movie. Riddler too. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I was gonna say, but this went throughout the entire movie, like with Peter's "Do I have to lose you to Post-it note. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, the post-it note. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Yeah. Essentially, Peter Parker is making a wall of loss and sort of a wall of crazy, <laughs> not unlike Carrie in Homeland, and he actually sticks a post-it note to a picture of Gwen Stacy that says, "Must I lose you too?" Like yeah. we couldn't be trusted. To, to pick understand up that what yeah. was happening. Yeah. And Electro is that all over the place. Like, his whole thing is supposed to be the, like, he feels like no one sees him. No one cares about him. He's not memorable. No one notices him. And in case we couldn't get that, he literally <laughs> just says it constantly. Like, yeah. he meets Gwen in an elevator, and, when she, and they have a conversation because it's a long ride. And when she leaves, she says, bye, Max. And as the doors are closing, he literally out loud is like, she remembered my name? And, like, that's all he does the whole movie. You can see me. People see me. You remember me. I'll make sure you always remember me. And it's like, I get it. I'm yeah. not a moron. And I'd say the bit with the him on the screens and then getting replaced by Spider-Man, like, that would have worked a with, little bit. But if without he hadn't... him being like, what? Yeah. You forgotten me. Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't him constantly vocalizing the subtext, he that would have worked a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he does have I, an Oscar. But don't even get me started on that because that's waste. that has been one of my least favorite Oscar wins since he got it. I that was the year it. that DiCaprio should have won for Aviator, and it still makes me yeah. annoyed. I, I mean, he did not earn it, but just, oh, he better qualified. No, he was very it's good in red. Caricature. No, it was, was an imitation. It's like because he has a distinctive voice, and it was easy to imitate, and so he imitated it. And he, no, uh, he was very good. He was very good in Ray. He there were just better options. Okay, there were just better options. 
well, let's let's talk about another actor who's wasted. Let's <laughs> talk about Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. I am Rhino. What are two minutes at the beginning and two minutes at the end? Yeah, he's literally like a cartoon character. I thought it's just so stupid. It's a movie for stupid people. Well, and there's also okay, look, and they they shoehorn in another like. I don't know if I really want to be Spider-Man after all. Like, I get him mourning Gwen Stacy and whatnot, but, like, you're just one more, like, refusing the call and coming back. And Can it's I like, just say oh, what would have made I'm that so whole thing pay that. off for me is I really thought Aunt May was in that part where she was trying to talk to him and he was being mopey and he had been Spider-Man for like yeah. a year and she was trying to talk it to him. later revealed to be five months. They literally watched yes. all the, the seasons change. change. I didn't even hear that it was yeah. five months. Was, I wasn't paying attention. What's funny is I thought that the seasons change thing was really effective. Yeah, yeah I thought it that was. was great. And they're like, nope, it's five months. I was like, I don't think it was. I really thought there was going to be a reveal that she knew yeah. and that she'd known the whole time. And that she was trying to put him back on the right path. And I thought that actually would have been really nice to have her know and to have that be something that they can share. And then it would have made the whole, like, him dropping out of the face of existence for a while a little bit more meaningful. Except that I wouldn't have bought that from her only because we got that scene of the scene with them earlier. Like, her biggest scene in the movie is them, her, you know, saying, like, basically, like, I'm... You're my boy. I want to protect you. Like, I want to keep, you know, that's why I'm not telling you about your parents, all this stuff. So, like, the fact, like, I like that idea as well, except for that I don't, I wouldn't buy the idea of her just being okay. She would have found out and then secretive about it. Yeah, that she would just be okay with it and she wouldn't say anything to him about it. Yeah, like, I feel like she would have a big issue with him, the idea of him as Spider-Man, so. Yeah. yeah, and you did get to you did miss out on Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben, which is Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben is pretty good. I'm I mean, so he's not it's not earth shattering. Die violently in movies I, I know, though, because right? it hurts me so much well, every time. I know, poor Jed Bartlett. He's just reliving the death we never saw Jed Bartlett get. <laughs> hey, hey, no, hey! Jed Bartlett's immortal. That's true. Um, one of these days, a studio or you know, comic book movie directors are going to figure out. That trying to jam three different villains into one movie Not doesn't a good idea. doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I actually really like the execution for the most part of mm-hmm. Electro in his powers and whatnot. You mm-hmm. know, like the the effects, the like the effect of him, the shooting, the electricity, all that stuff looked really great. Um, I loved when he figured out that he could sort of uh, transmute himself, that he could turn himself into pure energy and sort of teleport around and stuff. Yeah, and, like, and bring his clothing with him. Well, okay, that's another element. But the the he made for an interesting uh, villain for Spider-Man to fight, and I wish we got more of it. I wish we didn't get one showdown in Times Square and then him getting locked up for half the movie so they can have one more fight at the end it's you know what it is it's exa- it's Iron Man 2 exactly again yeah. except that his villain is actually way more interesting than Whiplash was mm-hmm. um, Mickey astoundingly enough because I will watch Mickey Rourke to the end of time but uh, I, I actually wanted more Electro and I was sad we didn't get to see more of that um, because that's that's what I felt like the movie was missing. The idea of a villain who had a plan and was trying to, you know, do something that Spider-Man had to stop as opposed to, well, this guy's wrecking stuff, so I gotta stop yeah. him from wrecking some stuff, you know? By getting uh, only, like, half of an Electro means we also only get, like, half a Harry Osborn 
But I like right. the way that started and the way that set up, and it could just be that I really like Dane DeHaan, so I'm more forgiving. But I'm really interested to see where they go with Goblin in three and four. Right. Is but there... you had we had to take their his and Peter Parker's friendship like on faith. It was like, oh, yeah. they knew each other, even though there's been no mention of him saying, ever having a relationship with Harry Osborn. So flashback heavy, yeah. and that like seemed so thrilled to like build in flashbacks in order to manufacture an emotional connection, like yeah. to constantly be like show flashbacks of Captain Stacy, show flashbacks of Peter and his parents so that you actually, like, care about those things. I thought for sure we were going to get a flashback of baby Peter and Harry. And oh, did not. I kind of assumed that he was in the first one. No, he's no, not in the first not one at all. He's in new fact, this movie. Yeah, and oh. there was never even any mention of him in the first one. Yeah. And uh, Norman Osborn exists totally off screen, in fact. They, you don't ever see him. Yeah, he's they a disembodied voice of a man who's on his deathbed, basically. Yeah, well, you don't, you don't even get a voice of him. You literally, oh, like, people, talking people to him. talk about him. The closest thing you get is uh, when Harry, when Peter walks into Oscorp, there's, like, a holographic, like, Norman Osborn in the lobby, except you, it's, like, in shadow. Like, yeah. you can't, it's just, like, you see that it's a guy, but you can't make out any details I mean, but you face, do know so. that Richard Parker and Osborn did, like, all of their work together, yeah. so it is mm. totally feasible that, like, Peter and Harry would have grown up very close. Mm. Um but yeah, he's never even mentioned because I guess, you know, as this movie tells us, Harry got yeah. tossed off. Harry would have to be, what, about two years older than Peter based yeah, he on said the he timeline was they constructed? He yeah. said he was 20. So when they were 9 and 11, Harry got booted off to boarding school and then they never saw each other again. Yeah. So. Yeah. But like, and man, poor, I mean, look, good on Chris Cooper for, collect, you know, putting on some weird makeup and getting a paycheck. But like, yeah, I, I, it's sad that they didn't give him anything to do. I would have liked to see. I, I was actually kind of waiting for Maybe them to, him to not really be dead. Maybe um, they'll flashback him in the third one a lot. Maybe. Would you be that surprised? It does seem to be what they like to do. And it's interesting to me that the entire thing with Peter's parents seems to have very little to do with the overall plot. Like, it's important to Peter, but it doesn't tie in much to what anything else that's going on. Yeah. And I also don't understand why that Roosevelt thing wouldn't have been shut down in a more permanent way. Like, <laughs> because the fact that as soon as Peter turned it on, the computer started downloading the message leads me to believe that no one had turned it on since Richard Parker had died. Yeah. But, like, he died and they basically just left it. Which, considering he did everything with Osborne, I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. Either he did all of this with Norman Osborne, and then when he died, Norman just didn't burn it to the ground like he should have if he were really trying to cover it up. Or... Richard Parker somehow single-handedly built a secret science lab in the New York subway including, that no one knew about. Including the trapdoor with a fucking train car yes. that rises out of the <laughs> ground for absolutely no reason. Like, yeah. if you're Norman Osborn, wouldn't you have torched that thing? Yeah. I never, honestly, I just took it as the second one without hesitation. It never even occurred to me that Norman Osborn would have known about that lab. And but he was yeah, a, no, it's absurd. Parker, yeah. Parker was apparently going there every day for work. Yeah. That's where he worked. Yeah. That was his lab. No, I know. How in the world would he be doing all of his work? Why on earth would they build it in the first place? Yeah. But how would he be doing all of his work at a secret lab that Norman Osborn didn't even know about if they were partners? Like, that? there's no way. No. Well, okay, but I think that's... I don't think that suggestion is necessarily meant to be taken literally. Because in the beginning, the first scene of, uh, of the movie, is Richard Parker, like 
killing all the spiders and getting rid of all the research and he walks out of the Oscorp building. So it's obviously not that all of the research was being done in that lab and that he went there every day. I think that, I mean, that's obviously the clue that leads Peter there. That's what he told people or whatever and he had that facility. But I always, I just sort of took it as like, oh, this was his secret lab that only him and his wife knew about, basically. I feel like there's... Which is insane. Up. No, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. Let's, let's, just like, let's just set up a spider cave. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to make Spider-Man into... Uh, yeah, we gotta give him a secret science lab somewhere. So hey, now fine. is it gonna become Peter's like fortress of solitude? Yeah. Oh, I hope he so. He has all those tokens. Can he just go hang out in <laughs> secret science lab? Yeah. Wait, what happens when he runs out of tokens? Though this is yeah. my question. <laughs> well, presumably we can get him out of the thing. In which case, yes, why fucking bother open, with the tokens? The tokens. <laughs> What's the you purpose? Gotta, you gotta trigger the rising car mechanism. And why did, why did he bother building a special custom token holder case that you can only get to by breaking open a calculator? <laughs> Fucking idiot. There's probably a, a you probably type in a computer a code right, on right. calculator and your calculator and opens. Open. Yeah, I bet Peter, Peter just you know decided to go to throw it against the wall. But will it play Tetris? Yeah, I bet you have Can to type in the words. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say that's what I bet you have to type in boobs. If you, you have to type in boobs, that would be my secret yeah. password. Um, obviously. Speaking of typing things. Can we talk about the giant power grid as Simon game? Oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> no, the song! The yes, song! Yes, Holy that's fuck! That's what it is! I could not believe that it shit. It is like a game of Simon or a pinball. And the thing is, what cracked me up is the whole movie I had been thinking about how much I hated the music and how heavy-handed all the music cues were. His like, ringtone oh, as the Spider-Man theme song made me want to kill somebody. Funny the first time, not funny four times later. But every time, gag. every yeah. time he so much is like, hears Gwen's voice, the whole music is like, like so. I was like, wait, 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 what is it again? What is it like? Can you do that closer to the mic? Yeah, can we lean into that one more time? Oh my god, it's not that funny. Yes, it is. It's, it's pretty like funny. <laughs> and sad and like romantic and treacly. Like as soon as he just gets like a voicemail from her and the whole movie is like that. And like what was the song playing when he's making his crazy board? Yeah, I, I forget know what, what it, it is, no, but, but it's, the lyrics it's are very so heavy-handed. Heavy yeah. Yes, and so and when you combine that with all the out loud exposition, I was already like, Jesus, you know I hate this music. Jesus, I hate everything about this. And then they get and into then, a, they get into a fight in a power station, and they play Itsy Bitsy Spider. No, but no, but every time. Every so Peter is basically bouncing from like so this power grid is basically made out of like lots of very tall columny tower things. And he is basically ricocheting from one to the other. And every time he hits one, it lights up and the music goes boom. So it's like he's like I said, it's a giant pinball game or like a giant Simon game Simon machine come to life. It reminded me of Close Encounters. But so it's like it's like with all the lights as he's ricocheting around this thing and it's just like oh my god movie yeah. oh my god yeah. I actually and said playing so Itsy Bitsy Spider like what the fuck <laughs> yeah I didn't even notice it was Itsy Bitsy Spider are you serious because I was too busy being enraged about the lights and the bum bombs no 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 Jamie <laughs> I was Jamie, so pissed off Jamie it's the sound the, the song is Itsy Bitsy Spider and then he says I hate this song how did I miss all I of have no I idea! Know. I thought that was you saying that. No! <laughs> you no! thought you said I hate this song. No, no, no. He gets bounced from column to column. The tones play Itsy Bitsy Spider, and Spider-Man says, I hate this song. What, but, Are you serious? Yeah, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying the tones play Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant the music was Itsy Bitsy Spider. No, the tones the that... The music No, the is, bomb bombs. Right, yeah. right, right. But the bomb 
bombs are also tied to whatever song is happening on the soundtrack. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Fine. Does it really matter? No, it's it doesn't. Stupid. But I'm what I'm trying to convey to you is that it is not as absurd to miss the itsy bitsy spider thing as you might think it is because there is a huge rock song playing over it. Like there's a huge music thing happening in the same scene. If there is, then the music is playing itsy bitsy spider. You know why? Hans Zimmer. Again. Again with again with the Zimmer. You know, there is some very I've been lately I've been so I'm I'm in school again and I'm getting near the end. But I do a lot of my work listening to soundtracks. Yeah. There's no Scores, lyrics. yeah. Yeah, score. There's no lyrics to bot to distract me. And I and I've been listening to a lot of just as it happens, uh, soundtracks from these movies. Comic book turn come you know, yeah, I was scrolling movies. through your iPod. I saw a little Captain America. They're all in there, and it, it, because it's it, it motivates you, keeps you going, do your homework, blah blah blah. And you know what? Zimmer's not that good. No, He's not that good. Well, he writes one lick, which is why you always see it's like Hans Zimmer and somebody else. Like he writes the hook that will play throughout the whole movie, and then right. somebody else scores all the rest of it. Right. But I'm just saying that there's. It's not that good. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. Speaking of other, you know, other superhero franchise movies. Yeah. So lately, I've been going back um, in my downtime, and I've I've watched uh, pretty much all of the the Phase One and Phase Two Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And when you compare those to this, well, yeah. I mean, look, that's no, no, no. And I and you know why it is? All those heroes are older. They're like not high school age. You mean? Yes. Yeah. They're all they're older. they're adults. They yeah they're adult heroes, yeah. and so you get a way more adult yeah. movie. Not that they're fantastic movies, right. but they're more fun, and they don't talk down to you. Yep, mostly that's true. Uh, well, I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think even that's... Kick Ass. Like I, I was, I'm, I'm like picking my way through Kick Ass too again. Yeah, and these, they, you know, those are high school age yeah. heroes and villains, but it plays so differently. It doesn't. They don't pander. Yeah. No, you're right. And, I, and this movie made me feel insulted. Yeah, I mean, that's look, that's a crucial part of who Spider-Man is. And as I say, I actually, it's one of the things that I like better about this iteration as opposed to the Raimi's one, which is that they had Spider-Man grow up really quickly. Yeah. You know? Um, because there are some people who, I guess, might be attached to, you know, older versions of Spider-Man in the comics who gets married to Mary Jane and all this other stuff. But, you know, for me, like, I always think of him as, as a high school kid. So, like, I actually liked... That this move, that this uh, newer franchise actually keeps him in high school age. You know, I mean, he graduates from high school at the beginning of this movie, but it doesn't suddenly jump forward in time, and like he doesn't even start going to college yet. So it's, I mean, he's still sort of at that 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 right age, which it was. I actually like that idea of it. But you're right; it does also mean that you sort of are inherently making a movie about that that, that sort of appeals to that same age group you know yeah. which is not us anymore nah, no we're no it hasn't been us for a long time no um even when we were in high school that's I'm not, true i'm not that's, so sure that's well, true this would have played yeah. well yeah you know we were the difference it was a different time then sir it was a different time okay let's talk about the webbing on the bridge what the fuck are you kidding me <laughs> god damn it and let's talk about the fact that Peter Parker goes web-slinging around all the time, not in his oh. costume. Like, just broadcast you. And apparently slams into a wall. How come 
You are perfectly able to control your swinging and jumping and landing with spider-like precision all the time. And then the one time you're, like, drawing attention to yourself by spidying around, not in your spidey suit, you go slamming and face first into a wall. It's because he's in love and the girl is there. I suppose. And because his Oakley goggles make him see better. (laughs) Here are the two things, the other two things I do want to say, though. Uh, First of all, on on that note, the thing that I actually genuinely appreciate is that they really got rid of this tendency that the Raimi Spider-Man movies were horribly guilty of, which is that Tobey Maguire would just take his mask off all the time. Like, he'd be in the middle of a fight and, like, something would catch on fire or he would rip it off so he could see better or something. Yeah, well, because it's this natural tendency, like, studios don't like it when their actors' faces are covered because it's like, they're coming to see Tobey Maguire not Tobey Maguire with a mask on. So it's like, uh, comic book movies or superhero movies were constantly doing this, finding excuses for the hero to take off his mask for no fucking reason. So I like that he has all of these, like, really emotional scenes like him sitting down with Harry and, you know, the stuff at the end, the last fight scene or whatever, and he keeps the mask on the whole time. And he, and I I don't, I, Andrew Garfield is a talented enough actor that he can deliver those scenes, he can deliver that emotion vocally. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's because there isn't really a face there, it's just eyes, as opposed to, say, you know, in Raimi's first Spider-Man, uh, Green Goblin, who has, like, a permanent plastic face, and so you can't take anything else he's saying seriously because there's just, just this permanent grin on him. It's not that he has a him. permanent plastic face. It's that he looks like a Power Ranger villain. Well, there's that, That's too. That's the problem. That's also a problem, Dang yes. Dad does not look like a Power Ranger villain. True that, so double it's true. far better. I like that they really did double down on just how smart and accomplished Gwen Stacy is because there was that cute little scene in the first movie where she's introducing Peter to someone and she's like, oh, this is Peter Parker. He's number two at Midtown Science. And he kind of looks at her like, number two, are you sure? And she was like, mm-hmm, I'm pretty sure because she knows that she's number one. And I'm yeah. like, that was awesome. But so I like with this one that you have so much time devoted to Gwen's personal academic pursuits and like yeah. what and the fact that you know she's going to oxford and she's won this big scholarship and it not only does it make her like a more interesting well-rounded character but it and you know she's the one who figures out the magnetism thing but it also just makes it that much sadder when she dies because it's like it's not just about how peter feels about her and it's not just and the poor stacy family like you get that shot of them at the funeral it's like jesus these like two boys and their mom who lost their dad like a year ago and now they've lost gwen but it's also just, like, sad for how much promise she had. Like, she was so smart, and she was so ambitious, and she was so going places, and yep. now she's just dead. And the way she died, like, it would have been one thing if the webbing never caught her, you know, that he just, like, didn't shoot the web off in time, yeah. and it missed her completely, and she just crashes to the ground. But the idea that he gets her, but he just gets her so late that he can't pull her up in time, and she just slams against the ground and then snaps back up. It's just like that one second. I mean, that's just heartbreaking. That was beautifully done. The other thing that I think really works in this movie that I have to say, um, and especially, man, especially in that first scene uh, with the where he's uh, chasing Paul Giamatti, is um, all of the web swinging through the buildings mm-hmm. like especially in IMAX 3D that stuff looked 
fan-fucking-tastic. There's a little bit of it in the first one, but, they, I mean, it, there's a lot more of it this time around, and, man, it just works so well, especially that first-person view, that first-person point-of-view stuff. I loved. It made me a teeny-tiny bit seasick. Oh, yeah? Just, just, just a little. And, and the thing is, that, like, yes, they executed it well, but it felt, it, there was so much of it in such a short amount of time that I felt like it felt a little gimmicky. You yeah. Know? And I was like, oh, it's 3D. And I'm like, this isn't going to play so well. When it's... Oh, no, I loved it. I mean, yeah, it might be later. Yeah, on your home later. TV, it might not look as good. But in the theater, I thought that stuff was fantastic. I did. There was something that flies at you at one point unexpectedly. And yeah. I, I definitely did a little dodge. Yeah, there was like some glass breaks or something like that. that. Like yeah. a door flies at you oh, or yeah, something. Be, yeah. I don't know. Um, I will but. say that this was because of all the web flying stuff. This was, and I said this to Daily partway through the movie. This was the first time I realized that if you turn your head while you're watching 3D, everything goes blurry. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and I didn't know if that's because I wear 3D glasses over my glasses. So that's why I leaned over to Daily partway through, and I was like, "Is it just because I have my glasses on, or is that how it always looks?" Because it's like it's such such a cool effect, and I kept trying to like turn my head to try to see different yeah. parts of it, and then everything got blurry. And I'm not the hugest 3D fan to begin with, but so to me, this was just like one more thing that I'm like son of a bitch like do you have to keep this in mind while you're filming like that if anyone's gonna want to turn their head for anything like if you're gonna shoot anything on any kind of crazy angle that might make people want to turn their heads yep. the whole screen's gonna go blurry yeah that's just the way I the stereoscopic 3d glasses work no nope, yeah. don't enjoy it is it that time yeah, I think it's that time. Uh, who are uh, our, our recurring gag? Uh, heart of the Heart of the Ghostbusters. Who's the Heart of the Ghostbusters in Amazing Spider-Man Two? Who's the guy you wanna or the gal you wanna have a have a beverage with? Have an adult beverage you wanna hang with? Campbell Scott. Campbell Scott. I love Campbell. Scott. I didn't know Campbell Scott was gonna be in this movie. And He's I like barely in it in the first one. You literally just get like the flashback of him like dropping Peter off, and then that's it. Ever so since, he has a lot more to do this time. Ever since Spanish Prisoner, yeah, I, I have always enjoyed Campbell Scott, and I didn't know he was going to be in this, and it took me a second to recognize him. Sure, and then He's I was like, oh, it's Campbell a Scott. Older, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, people do. Uh, yeah. Well, you gotta. I mean, you gotta respect the fact that he apparently built a secret underground train laboratory. Like that's a. You, you, I just want to say that Spider-Man's superpower is Campbell Scott. <laughs> well, no, okay, that and that's another thing, actually, oh, yeah, that I'll say. I totally forgot about that part. Yeah, well, that's, that's another thing that I'll say, which is, you know, something that sort of, I think, runs at odds with the character, uh, like, the intrinsic nature of the character, which is that Spider-Man was always just a guy. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he got bit by a spider, and that gave him these powers. This, I mean... Spider-Man has some Luke Skywalker. Yeah, no, it's Chosen One. It's 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 the Chosen One story, again, you know? Only yeah. he could be Spider-Man, you know? Which they implied in the first one, but people yeah. were still kind of, like, holding out hope that that's not what that meant. Yeah. And then in this one, it becomes abundantly clear yeah, that well, he is the only person who would have gotten those powers by being bitten by the spider. He or, you know, anyone in his family. Right, and that's so. and that's the thing. I mean, it's it just become, makes the character way less interesting, you know? I don't know, I didn't mind that little twist. Just because it's... The, the reason why I didn't mind it is not because... I, I don't like... I, I tend to shy away from Chosen One stories because they just strike me as sort of stupid. Yeah. But I appreciated it in terms only, in the limited scope of Osborne's wanting to get the blood. Yeah. Because it means it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. No, absolutely. And to me, that was sort of interesting. I also thought that he wasn't going to become the goblin for a minute. I thought he was going to become the, the man spider. Oh, yeah. 
or whatever it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I don't. I think that's right. Yeah. Something, uh, something like that. In case anyone cares, the interwebs say that the original webbing was an Oscorp product called BioCable, which Bio is cable. made from the webbing of genetically engineered spiders. Yes. It also says, though, Peter buys boxes of BioCable cartridges, which is incorrect. No, no, that, that is correct. He steals them from the lab. That's how he gets the idea to do the webbing, and then he buys the stuff. You see him with, like, boxes of it later. Right, but where? how would he buy it? You think Oscorp has that stuff up for sale? Well, yeah. And that it doesn't it. cost like $8 million? Well, that is another thing. No, I just, I, I like never assumed he bought it. I, feel I like assumed he was still just taking it off the things I, at Oscorp. I, I feel like in earlier versions, he bought the components and manufactured it. Yeah. No, yeah, I think that's probably Which right. is also highly implausible. But, well, yeah, exactly. You know, whatever. Budgetary. Spider-Man's fiscal uh, situation was never really yeah, considered I mean, I, very I have, strong. I have a... I have distinct memories of an old, I think it was a Genesis Spider-Man game. Yeah. Where you have to, uh, over the course of the game of being Spider-Man, you have to take pictures of yourself doing things. So that you can so make you money. Can, so that you can make the money and buy webbing. Because if you don't have webbing, you're kind of fucked. That's kind of amazing, actually. I, I kind of love that. It, yeah, not very well executed. Um, but yeah, no, the, the yeah the idea that only only Peter Parker could be Spider Man is a little is a little annoying. And that was the thing the, the all the marketing on the first movie was like basically pitching this story of like Peter Parker d- learning the dark secret of his past and his parents' mystery and blah 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 blah. And then that was mostly the stuff that was cut out of the movie. Like mm. they sort of introduced all this that mystery at the beginning, and then it was sort of never talked about ever again. So we all sort of expected to get more of it this time. Um, well, we did. But yeah, no, it's just I. What I will say was, uh, <coughs> I was happy that in that video, that final revelation from from Richard Parker, that it was the explanation was uh, the human DNA I injected the spiders with was my own and not my son's. Which yeah, like the first one made it like at least raised the possibility that like was he doing things? To yeah, Peter was he that injecting Peter? Peter yeah, about? like had yeah. he been injecting Peter this whole time? Well, and that's what Ang so Lee's that Peter was ready. Yeah, like, well, and that's what Ang Lee's Hulk movie is: is that Nick Nolte was like secretly injecting Eric Bana with stuff as a kid, which then like the gamma radiation reactivated and turned him into the Hulk, which was like just it makes that's dumb. That's dumb. Yeah. That's dumb. That's dumb. So this at least made the science felt a little more reasonable, I guess. So plausible, yeah, deniability, such such, such as it suspension is suspension of disbelief, yeah, almost. My inclination is to pick Gwen Stacy because I really do like her and I think she'd be cool to hang out with. The one thing that's holding me back, and I know this feels like a nitpick, is that like you never see her with anyone other than Peter. That's true. So it's like I don't. There's a part of me that feels like. Would Gwen Stacy be any fun to go get a beer with? Is Gwen Stacy fun to socialize with? I don't know. I've never seen her socialize with anyone. She just has very, like, serious talks with Peter about the future and the state of their relationship. That's a really good point. I mean, that reminds me of one scene from The Simpsons from long ago when I still watched The Simpsons when yeah. I was, like, 12. And you know how Mr. Burns always says, who is that idiot in Sector 17? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's one episode, and I don't know, as Smithers goes... Homer Simpson, all the events of your life over the past eight years have revolved around him in some way. Yep. And I was like, oh. So, yeah, so my my choice for Heart of the Ghostbusters, you know, it's tough. Um, part of me wants to go with Paul Giamatti because he's so fucking ridiculous. I am the rhino! It's so, it's so over the top. It's so insane. Um, 
More over the top, however, is fucking Professor Dr. Von Kafka. Oh my god. Like, Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove is in this fucking movie, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Is. Like, what the I fuck was that? I always do get results. It's, oh my, it's insane. Like, I, I was like, this is a real character. This is a real character in a real movie in the present day. How is this possible? Um, but no, who I actually want to go with, um, the character that I found sort of very intriguing, uh, and again, this is sort of the, the background or whatever, is uh, Felicity Jones as... Uh, as Felicia. Felicia, Felicia. thank you, You're thank you. Is that, okay, I was going to say Harry Osborne's ask. assistant is where I was going, yeah. is and you shaking your head at is me. Is that supposed to be Felicia Hardy? That is supposed to be Felicia Hardy, I think. I mean, I don't know who else it could be. And that's why I find it really interesting, because they never really give any intimation as to... That, that they don't they don't ever call her by Felicia Hardy. No, they don't give her anything other than oh she was Norman Osborn's assistant. But Felicity Jones is so good, yeah, that you can tell that there's other stuff going on. Yeah, that she's, she's got no stuff. Yeah, exactly. All the spider venom is hidden. And I was kind of waiting for that to be revealed as a setup. Well, she... okay. See, this I would bit... like to point out really quickly that yeah. I was trying to look up characters so I could figure out my heart of the Ghostbusters, and someone credited it as pilot, so I assume he's one of the pilots of the plane, or yeah. maybe the pilot of the plane the Parkers were on. This is his picture on IMDb. Wow. <laughs> it is the most beefcakey ever photo with like 15 Instagram filters put on it for people who It's all pink it. and abs. And he claims to be like 47, but you know. Timothy Adams. Ladies and gentlemen, you should uh, IMDb uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Timothy Adams. Timothy Adams. Born uh, August 4th, 1967. He, yeah, that is just literally pink abs. Pink mm -hmm. shirts and abs for as far as the eye can see. Mm -hmm. And sateen. So much sateen <laughs> in the background. Oh my god. Um, but I, I love Felicity Jones, so, uh, but she's got this sort of smoky, like, intrigue to her in this movie that, like, I don't know what's going on with her, but there's something going on with her, and I want to find out. She's smuggling Peter the webs. Maybe she is. <laughs> Maybe she is. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's why she knows where the venom is. That'd be pretty sweet. It's about all the Spider-Man I can stomach right now, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going with Gwen Stacy for Heart of the Ghostbusters, because I can't think of anybody else, and because I don't really want to pick Peter Parker. I kind of want to pick Harry Osborn before he goes all evil, because he seems kind of interesting then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. You could pick Spider-Man and not Peter Parker. I don't know if I would want... Well, I do like the quippy Spider-Man, but can he drink through the mask? That's a good point. Is it porous? <laughs> well, they, 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 went to great, they went to great lengths to say how it's lycra-based. So yeah. Possibly neoprene. That one kid thought it was neoprene. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Also, the kid at the end, you mean to tell me no... no Super cop would run out and get, grab the fucking kid with the rhino there? Are you out of They're your not mind? Very good at their yeah, jobs. I don't know. Also, um, I like that they had the barriers set up. Yeah. Because he attacked so back. suddenly that they had time to yeah, set up the marathon there barriers. Apparently just barriers everywhere since Jesus. Gwen Stacy was also behind a barrier when she went to go see Peter and Electro fight. Yeah, I don't know. So. Electro in his very spiffy rubber suit. Just, just no, no excuse, that no was, explanation. That for was that. a fantastic force, especially when he the first time he reemerged and he was clearly or uh, re re materialized. Yeah, and it was like he's materializing. Oh, he's got boxers on. Like it's like how the hell? What? Because I was at that point, I was like, oh. It's it's Watchmen. Yeah. Oh, but he's okay. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he's a giant blue man rematerializing in midair in the Christ pose, like yeah, yeah. there's no getting around the Watchmen imagery there. It's, yeah. It's a shame. It, this movie reminded me a great deal 
of The Mummy Returns. Because <laughs> there are so many little bits of other movies in it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, what are you going to do? Not make watch a, it again. Make a better movie. I will say, though, like, I didn't feel that it was particularly overstuffed because Rhino is dispatched with so quickly and because... I mean, it did, it did feel like there were a ton of little subplots, but when... It takes a while for Harry to actually become Goblin, so there's not a lot of the two villains at the same time. But I will say, I am very glad they noticed their mistake very quickly and cut Mary Jane out of this movie. Because she was in it. They cast her. It was Shailene Woodley. They started filming with her and everything. Like she filmed for a while, and then they cut it. They cut the character. They cut everything. That would have been way Um, too much. Yeah, it would have been way too much, and I think it also would be. It would undermine uh, the Gwen Stacy stuff. Yeah, it would stuff. totally yeah. undermine the Gwen Stacy stuff. The Gwen Stacy stuff is way more of an emotional impact when there's no Mary Jane on, on the scene, yeah, you know? Yeah. I did like where they were going with Mary Jane. Like, she, based on all the, like, photos people got of them filming, she was, like, a badass biker chick. Like, she was on a motorcycle all the time. She had, like, giant boots and a leather jacket. I was like, I am super interested in this Mary Jane. So I was kind of bummed when they cut her, but now having seen the movie, I'm like, Jesus, this movie would have seemed... So long. It already so seems so long. It was really long. Yeah. All I'm gonna say is the third one had better start midway through that rhino fight. I'm they they, they re- seriously they need to well, start with the rhino fight. Well, I was thinking that too because you said daily. You said you thought they and I mean I don't know anything about their plans for the third one, but you said you thought they were setting up rhino for the third one, and yeah, that's why they so reintroduced I, for him. Sinister Six. Yeah, but yeah. no, but then you have to explain to me how that fight ended. <laughs> like, does he just get arrested again, or what? That's what I'm saying. Well, there, maybe he just escapes. Well, I'm saying there's well, there's no, no way that hitting the rhino in the head with a drain cover is going to end that fight. Yeah, that's no. not. Plus, a thing. he's too clunky. I don't think he can run away from Spider. No, no, that's the whole point of the rhino. He's like the juggernaut. He gets momentum and he just tears through shit. Mm. You you know, yeah. so he could like run through some buildings and shit and get away. Honestly, if it was if it was Paul Giamatti in a big rubber rhino costume, I would have been way more excited. I mean, the the rhino suit exoskeleton was fine, but, but I, really, I really wanted him. In, I really wanted Paul Giamatti in a rubber rhino I costume. I don't want to watch a whole movie of I had a rhino. Like it was fine for five minutes. Well, I don't want to watch a whole movie. No, of I don't that think you're gonna get a whole performance. I don't think you're gonna get a whole movie of him. I think he's just going to be one of also. The six. Well, because that's the thing. They I set up. Say, they set up Dane DeHaan at the end, saying like, "Oh, I want. The, he's got this idea. I want well, to no. keep it small. All the things are there." So I think they're setting up that like the six right. will be. But I want to know how Harry Osborn, who got kicked out of Oscorp and who is now living in an insane asylum, mm-hmm. is somehow creating an alliance of supervillains within Oscorp, like. Why well, is he ha- why is he allowed to have visitors? Why does he have visitors who have access to Oscorp? Like how is he allowed all of these things? It's the same guy, the guy who goes to yes, see him. Yes, I know from it, the first one. Yeah. I was wondering who that was. Well, no, we don't know. Nobody was, fucking he's knows. He's just a shadowy guy with a hat who was yeah. introduced in the stinger in the first one. And they gave him back. a name this time, but I didn't yeah, recognize, I didn't recognize the, name. the name either, but I don't I'm not is super King well versed. Is coming? I think Kingpin... Who owns Kingpin? I, I don't know. Nobody owns I don't think oh. Kingpin... No, but like, does Marvel own it's him? Marvel. Does Sony own him? Uh, like, I, no, who I think, owns Kingpin? I think, who made Daredevil? I think Marvel owns him because Daredevil was with Fox, but they were, those were rights reverted back to Marvel. But so Kingpin I think Marvel is such a well, traditional Spider-Man villain. But if Marvel owns him, then they can't use him. Yeah, Sony couldn't use him Unless if Marvel had they him. make a trade. Yeah. I think... Spider-Man is an Avenger. No, I think... No, 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 no. That was... Okay, I need to bring that up because that was something that kept popping into my head this whole movie especially at the end of the rhino fight because i've been seeing all these 
other Marvel, like the actual Marvel movies recently a lot. And I just keep picturing in my head, okay, you've got Paul Giamatti yelling in a suit, especially when they said a man in a mechanical suit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and I just, in, in New York... Yeah. And I just see Iron Man swooping in, shooting him, and flying away. Yeah. Flying away, yeah. Or like, like Thor shows up, boom, done, see ya. I also just think there could be some great quips about if they ever met. They could be like, where the hell were you in the Battle of New York, kid? Just like, in class? Like, yeah. you yeah. couldn't just come wandering out and lend us a hand? Um, Your Spidey sense not go off? No, they're always going to be separated. In fact, I'm pretty sure... Um, or at least I have a very strong suspicion that uh, oh, we're going to see... Oh, could be their way in. No, no, no. Kingpin could be the trade. No, 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 no. Loan I... us Spider-Man just for a little bit, like a cameo, just a little thing, and then we'll loan you Kingpin for, like, a movie. I think Marvel is saving Kingpin for their Netflix series because they're doing yeah. Daredevil as a Netflix series yeah, along right. with Power Man and Luke Cage and uh, Je- uh, Jessica still, Jones. But still, they can loan him out. But I think, but those are all street level villains, uh, street level heroes, and Kingpin is like the street level villain. He's like the gangster. He doesn't have superpowers or whatever. He's just really rich and Big. you know connected. Yeah. Exactly. But so. since we're kind of getting there anyway, can we talk about the way that Sony and WB and everyone is trying to replicate what Marvel is doing without apparently any understanding of what Marvel is doing? No, we talked about this. For, we talked about this a couple a while ago about yeah, it was you know, you were, just like you, you were just, making the uh, souffle. They yeah. just don't get it though. Like they just well, DC's making some progress, sort of. Um, they've officially signed Zack Snyder on to direct Justice League. Um, and th- yeah. could be, yeah, could be. Um, they've also hired uh, a guy to play uh, cyborg who's going to appear oh, in, in who's going to appear in, in man of steel 2 or batman versus superman or whatever of, the fuck it's called how one are they of the other pull things though, that marvel is doing though is picking really interesting directors that like other people might not pick you know and they've been doing that from the beginning with favreau who, like, hadn't done a giant action movie. I mean, you know he did Zathora, but it's not the same thing in no. terms of scope. Um, and, you know, picking James Gunn, you know? Like, they, they're picking so many interesting people to direct their movies, and DC is letting Snyder just, you know, do everything, apparently. Like, do all the movies. You know, well, I like Zack Snyder. I, I think he gets an unfair rap. Uh, you know they're going to call it the Snyderverse. Uh, God. Yeah, just, I mean Nolanverse. The, yeah. the Nolanverse, the, the Abramsverse. The yeah. yeah, it all exists. That is that like is I true. know. I know Marvel has handed over a lot of the reins to Whedon, but like Whedon's more a shaping force. He's not directing everything. No, he's, like, he's, well, he's Snyder doing... is directing everything now. Apparently, did you guys see there was an ABC special that aired like a yeah, we month saw it. I, I, I didn't even know that it existed. Yeah. And I, yeah. I got it the other day and I watched it and I was like. You know, if they're punctuating the phases with an Avengers movie, yeah, you, you establish exactly your rhythm, what doing. And, yeah. right? And you and you know, and yeah, if you if you have Whedon do just those, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, and I mean, but I think it's smart to have like one mastermind that you really trust, who has like it a supervisory role yeah. in all the extended things, because it helps to make sure everything stays on track and everything is leading to the right place, yep. and nothing contradicts, and nothing is like messing up with your future vision. Yeah, he's godfathering Yeah, and so if you have someone like Whedon that you really trust, yes, let him, like, godfather the whole thing. And he's also properly nerdy. Yes. He's a good choice. Well, so is Snyder for that They trusted the right guy. That's part of it, is they trusted the right guy to be that person. Honestly, I would be surprised if he stuck around in anything more than a producing capacity after Justice League. Um, Because that'll be three movies in for him that's, 
you know, the better part of a decade, basically. And, but um, you also run into that problem where you're, like, on pre-production and post-production on two different movies at the same time. Yep, absolutely. And, like, that's chaos, and that's asking for threads to unravel and for things to get dropped and for, like, things to become murky. I feel like that's why... I and mean, for things to get stained. I know, but I was going to say, like, that's also... I feel a lot of the directors on Harry Potter were smart about that, and, like, Corone especially, they wanted him to do four, and that's specifically why he wouldn't do the fourth Harry Potter movie, because he was like, I cannot be in post on three and pre on four at the same time and do both of those things well. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. No, that's And that's perfectly that's perfectly reasonable. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think we'll see him do this Batman, Superman. I mean, I think he wants to do Justice League, and that this is, you know, the precursor to justice league and then he'll do justice league and you know maybe he might come back for a justice league sequel like you know a couple years down the line after they've done another batman or another spider-man or another superman or a wonder woman or whatever else they're gonna spin out from justice league um i will say if dc gets to a wonder woman movie before marvel gets to like a black widow or a captain marvel movie or something like that i'm gonna be really annoyed and pissed off yeah I I i don't know we'll see I mean, I mean that, even I think, if it's crappy, I'm still gonna be pissed off. You're like, damn it, Marvel! You had all this lead time, you had all like the head start and the like massive goodwill, and you couldn't even get to the yeah. But like, even if I was male standalone, even if DC gets their DC. even if DC gets there first, I think Marvel will still do it better. Well, so I kind of don't, I kind of don't care if they get there first. I've actually know? been thinking about that. I was because I was thinking about Cap too, and I was like, could Widow carry a movie? I don't think so by herself. I think she absolutely could. I think they've given us enough hints about her backstory, and I know this would be the danger of perhaps doing another origin movie, um, which I'm not particularly interested in. But they've given us, like, so many clues about just how terrible her backstory is without ever going into it in, like, huge concrete detail. Mm. Like, obviously, she did a lot of evil, awful, terrible stuff. Um, But I feel like there's a lot there to mine. I would love to see a standalone Hulk with Mark Ruffalo, he was fantastic. He was, yeah. Though well, I, don't, I don't know if... Which, I mean, according to Lou Ferrigno... Yeah, I was going to say, Lou Ferrigno gave an interview. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno gave an interview where he said, oh, yeah, there's another Hulk, there's a standalone Hulk movie coming in a couple of years, and after after Avengers 2. Who knows if Lou Ferrigno is in the what? fucking loop Why or the not. Why the would Lou Ferrigno know? Well, he maybe did, were, well, we were he did a cameo like, in Norton's cameo. movie, so it wouldn't be out of, you know, he would be... You know, another uh, uh, Stan Lee-esque cameo just sort of show up Whoa. somewhere. Okay. By the way, Stan Lee's cameo in Spider-Man was awful. Oh, I know! I mean, they, I feel yeah. like they're getting progressively worse and worse, but this one just didn't even make fucking sense. Yeah. The other big piece of news that happened while in the time since our last episode is the Star Wars casting. Oh, dear. Uh, no, did you see the list, Bart? Did you see all of the people involved? Uh... I know the the old folks are back. The old folks are back. Uh, we also are getting uh, we're getting Max von Sydow. I'm so I can't get behind Star Wars. I just can't. Yeah. I have no hope. There is no new hope. I was just gonna <laughs> say, but the new hope part. No. Um, no. I will say I really do like the cast that they've assembled so far. It doesn't um, matter. I don't care how good the news is. Yeah. At any point over the course I'm of this. I'm just so skeptical of JJ Abrams on that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, which is something I didn't think I would say. But after the whole kerfuffle with Khan and all that, and I just, I, ugh. You should never have one person in charge of Star Wars and, and Star, Star Trek. Trek. That is just, just like... Maybe he's trying a... to unite the forces. Maybe it's like when you have two warring countries, and so you marry off, like, the prince and the princess <laughs> of those two countries to try to make everyone get along. Oh. 
Yeah, Kirk is gonna fly in. <laughs> but it's it's gonna but it's, it's 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 gonna unify with everyone hating both of them. It's possible. That's distinctly possible. But I will say that the whole con thing aside, which yes, was mangled. Both those movies, the first one especially, are really fun. And episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars are not. Like, J.J. <laughs> Abrams would never have given me two hours of trade negotiations. You yes. know, like, J.J. Abrams yes. is not going to do that to me. Or, like, lingering so, racial epithets. And J.J. Yeah. Abrams is probably not going to talk about sand for a, a while. In a, in, a, in a pretty, like, key Or frolic scene. in the fields. Yes, yep. no, in a sound of music moment. Like, I'm not going to get any of that from J.J. Abrams. That's true. So... I do at least think that these movies have the potential to be a lot of fun and to be enjoyable in the same way that 4, 5, and 6 are just really fun and enjoyable. That's that's fair. Um, An so, adventure movie. Yes, exactly. Like, I feel like his will seem very fun, you know? A national like, treasure. Spirited and rocking, yes, and like a really like rollicking good time. I am a little bit worried about the way the marketing is going to attack it and... and you know, JJ's mystery box and everything. Like, mm. if he's gonna try to hide everything from us, like, what character, what actor is playing what character and hide all the story, then that's just gonna drive me crazy for, like, two years until this yeah. movie comes out. We'll see. I mean, uh, I really like... J I've, I've made you watch uh, Attack the Block, right? I've shown you Attack the Block. Yes, I'm super excited about it. I haven't shown you Attack oh, the Block you yet? Oh, Attack the Block. It's oh, awesome. Oh, my God, yeah. You John should, Boyega... just do that as soon as we're done with this. John Boyega is the main <laughs> character of Attack the Block, and he is he's going to be playing the lead fantastic. in this movie. Mm. And he's well, fabulous. Theoretically, anyway. We don't know who anyone's well, playing. Well, yeah, exactly. Theoretically, but, yeah. Yeah, no, but he's great. Um, and I really like Adam Driver, and I'm excited to see yep, Adam if Driver he can from be Girls. not Adam Drivery. Like he's not super Adam Drivery in Lincoln, but yeah. it was also like a five minute scene, yep. you know. Um, but I like him as an actor. I like yeah. him very much as an actor, so I'm excited for him. I will say I was one of the people who reacted really negatively to the fact that there's only one woman. I'm still holding out hope that this is not the complete cast. But considering there the is photo, another key female character that hasn't been cast, which yet. is what I heard. But considering that the photo that they released was at a table read, I'm like, really, you're doing a table read, but you don't have all your key players in. Like that makes me think, like, if that's a table read, that these are pretty much the key players, mm. and that if there is another woman, maybe she doesn't really play much of a part until later in the trilogy. Yeah, maybe. Um, because I don't think you would do an organized formal table read if you haven't cast a major character. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's one. There's appears to be one woman, and a lot of people are like, oh, but there was only one major woman in the first series and it's like oh you mean the first series that came out 30 years ago i would <laughs> like to think we could do better yeah. i would like to think we could improve and the second series look that's all oh, yeah that too yeah know? look that's still, uh, that was what 20 years ago now that's a legitimate was it yeah 15 i think wow. that's a legitimate complaint but at the same time like i don't i feel like it's too early to jump down anybody's throat about this considering that like I said, we don't even know who anybody's playing yet. Yeah. We sort of assume that Daisy Ridley, the only female cast member they've announced, is playing the daughter of Han Solo and Princess Leia. But we don't know that. Um, a lot of people are sort of inferring that because in the picture of them at a table read, she's sitting between Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Um, um, but there was a whole thing about Mark Hamill, people taking pictures of Mark Hamill. Like, cause he was Mark Hamill's in London, and he's lost a bunch of weight. He's lost like fifty pounds. He looks and, like he's been getting in shape. Yeah, what could he be getting in shape for? But at the same time, I, this is the most baffling. This absolutely threw me for a loop. Mark Hamill right now is almost the. In fact, I think by the time they start filming, he will be the same age as Alec Guinness was when he played Obi Wan in the first Star Wars. Weird. That is super weird to me. 
It's all fate. Yeah, He's right? the chosen one. God, no. No more chosen ones. It was my DNA. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know what the best part of Spider-Man was? They gave me my Godzilla ticket. That's true. They <laughs> did give you your Godzilla ticket. It's in my possession. I have it. Yeah. I'm so excited. There's one other thing that I want to mention, just really in brief, and that's um, Beverly Hills Cop. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. You you could say that, but no. <laughs> uh, it's vision is based on movies. <laughs> we don't talk about it. It won't exist. CBS tried to make a Beverly Hills Cop TV show. They shot a pilot, uh, and it was about Axel Foley's son. Um, CBS has tried to do a lot of things over the years. Yeah, they shot this pilot. Apparently, wasn't very good. But uh, I'm shocked. Paramount got the bug back in their ear to make a fourth. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop movie. So just yesterday, oh, they wow. announced a release date for this movie. It's uh, May, uh, summer of 16, I believe. How old will they be? Axel, F- Eddie Murphy is coming back. Brett Ratner will be directing. So whatever. Fuck. Um, but this is the thing that I can't wrap my fucking head around. They, the, This is the information we were given. It will be Beverly Hills Cop 4. It will star Eddie Murphy. It will be take place mostly in Detroit, and it will be a reboot. Those four things do not... None of those four things make sense together. Um, if it's got, you can't be a reboot if it has the same character, the same guy playing the same character. And how is it Beverly Hills Cop if it's set in Detroit? None of these things make any fucking sense. Did they print the wrong press release? I, I don't understand. Are we talking about RoboCop here? Yeah, I, that I would be okay. Beverly Hills Robocop? Beverly Hills Robocop? I would watch that movie in a second. That I would also watch. Put Eddie Murphy in a robotic suit. I am there. <laughs> Fucking, I, and I look, I love... Only if the villain is Steve Martin. Well, okay. I love Beverly in a Hills rhino Cop. Costume. In a rubber rhino costume. Steve, Steve Martin in a rubber rhino costume versus Eddie Murphy in a robot suit. Sign, Sign me, me up. up yeah. yeah, absolutely. And print. Yep. Ronnie Cox! I can't even... Ronnie Ronnie Cox is still alive, I think, right? Ronnie Cox was in RoboCop. He could be the bridge! He could be the bridge! Oh Andrew Bogota! Dick Jones! And same guy! <laughs> Axel Foley's boss is Dick Jones, My who forces him into a robot suit. This could actually happen! This could be a thing! We, we, you obviously have crossovers <laughs> on the brain right now. What studio owns these? <laughs> Motherfucker. I think that about wraps that, it up. That pretty much brings us up to date. Yeah, who needs a drink? You have a drink. I do have a drink. I almost need another one. Um, well, uh, I've got 8% battery left on my laptop, so we should probably stop recording. Uh, Bartholomew, uh, thank you. Thank you, as always, always for stopping by. Jamie. Hey, hey, shout out for the new mic. The, oh, yeah, and this is all recorded on my shiny new chromium mic there. Uh, my blue snowball chrome mic. We it's, gotta name uh, it something. Yeah, we'll have to give it a give it a spiffy name. Uh, Sputnik. 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 It is rounded with pointy parts, so that makes sense. Sputnik. It is. Sputnik Blue. It sounds like so a, ordered. It sounds like a Pacific Rim. <laughs> it does. It does. It sounds like Sputnik a Blue. Uh, Sputnik Blue. That sounds like a lost Jaeger somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, uh, again, my name is Daily. Uh, we, you always. can find me as always. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Daily Screening, uh, as well as on the Instagrams and the Facebooks. Um, I like to make everything plural. Um, Bart and Jamie remain uh, online phantoms. Um, and please, uh, you know, 
subscribe on uh, SoundCloud and on iTunes. Uh, and All the places. And, you know, rate us and review us, because I think that matters in some way. I don't know how, but I'm well, led to believe that... sponsors. Well, you know, who fucking knows? Uh, probably not. Definitely not. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Tomorrow.